I'm walking all alone down my yellow brick road and I stomp to the beat of my own drum. Got my pockets full of dreams and they're busting at the seams Going boom, boom, boom to my own song Welcome to Stacked Keys Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Stackhouse. This is a podcast to feature women who are impressive in the work world or in raising a family or who have hobbies that make us all feel encouraged. Want to hear what makes these women passionate to get up in the morning? Or what maybe they wish they'd known a little bit earlier in their lives? Grab your keys and stomp to your own drum. All I gotta do is count one, two, three to my own drum. Whatever you do, it ain't nothing on me because I'm doing my thing and I hold the key to all my wants. Today I'm really excited. I feel kind of like I don't belong in this group. Um, I have a panel of incredible women who all practice jiu-jitsu. They're at various levels. And so what I want to do is start out by letting them introduce themselves, tell you know what gym they're affiliated with, and then we're going to launch into some pretty deep talk quickly I hope that will be interesting not just to people who are practicing jiu-jitsu or martial arts but just some life principles and what these ladies have experienced so let's start out with um Tori if you'll start out and then just each of you jump in and introduce yourselves and what gym you're from and then we'll go from there um my story I'm affiliated with in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, I am a white belt. I've only been training for about a year and a half. Um, I've only been in Noki for a little, about a year now. Hey, I'm Laura. Um, I train at 10th Planet Bethlehem and 10th Planet Allentown. My boyfriend, uh, Thor, John Blank, he runs the Allentown location. Um, I'm a purple belt. I've been training for about a little over seven years, but I started at a gi school before I switched to 10th Planet. So I've been with 10th Planet a little over five years now. All right. I'll go next. I'm Lindsay McCatherine and I am a black belt out of 10th Planet um, Decatur. And I've been training strictly no gi, <laughs> maybe trained five times ever in the gi, <laughs> and I've been training for, it was 15 years in January. Oh, all right, next. Okay, I guess I'll go. Um, my name is Destiny Word. I've been training jiu-jitsu for the last 12 years. Um, I've been with 10th Planet Austin, Texas, running their kids and women's program for the past four years. And I came out through a gi background mixed with a little bit of no gi and MMA. And this is what I do for a living. And I absolutely love it. Did I say I'm a brown belt? I don't remember. Sorry. Coffee hadn't kicked in yet. <laughs> Hi, my name is Molly Rogers. I'm a blue belt out of Port City Jiu-Jitsu in Bainbridge, Georgia. 
And I also train in Positive Balance in Tallahassee, Florida, and Emerald Coast Jiu-Jitsu in Panama City Beach. And I've been doing Jiu-Jitsu for about five years, and I'm also a kids coach at Port City Jiu-Jitsu. Wow. I'm Natasha. I'm a time massage therapist and a Jiu-Jitsu practitioner, so to speak. <laughs> I'm currently in Arizona. For the Globe Chargers camp, I'm going to be teaching there tomorrow and doing a whole bunch of jiu-jitsu and meeting a whole bunch of people. Okay, I noticed that the only person who said, I've only been, is Tori. And so Tori has a, a lot less years. But do you find that the attitude between, there's so much confidence coming out of all of y'all. Do you find that it is um, it's something that... Uh, the confidence comes with the length of time. What do y'all think? I, I'll answer that. I think that in the beginning, um, I didn't have a lot of confidence because I was the only girl in the room. And I think when I decided that my training was more important than how these how like partnering up with me made them feel, when I decided that I that didn't really matter and that like it was my training and I was going to get better. And, um, that was the main goal. Then I really didn't, I don't know if it was just, I didn't care anymore what they thought, or maybe I was more comfortable in, in my own skin, but I just decided, okay, this is, this is for the betterment of myself. And it doesn't really matter. Like all my insecurities and stuff can just sit over there on the sidelines. I'm going to get better. <laughs> so, I, yeah, like I said, I don't, I don't know if that was just me getting more confident or it was just like, all right, this is the thing I'm going to do and I'm going to be good at it. So I, I, I don't care if everybody else is uncomfortable. Oh boy. I think I still waffle between feeling confident and not confident even after seven plus years. I think maybe I just come off as more confident than I realize. I don't know. I think everyone just kind of has their days and especially among women, I think like we're more apt to get nervous about things that maybe even like aren't competition related. Like I host women's open mats pretty regularly at my school. And like all these women will be like, Oh, I was so nervous. And then like, it's just an open mat. It's no pressure. You show up when you want, you leave when you want, you don't really have to talk to anyone. It's all women. You can choose who you roll with. And I mean, we all still get nervous. I don't know. I think it's just like a natural thing, but I do think as far as like jujitsu roles go, the length of years that I've spent, I feel more confident now as a purple belt going with like a spazzy blue belt wrestler dude or something where I know that I can kind of at least control them where I'm not afraid that they might hurt me for the most part. Yeah. So, and that definitely comes with more experience. I would say I'm also a pretty big girl. I'm not like a small girl. I'm six feet tall. I'm usually walking around at like 170 pounds. So I'm dude sized. Uh, training jiu-jitsu, my confidence level probably didn't kick in until at least minimum six to eight months in of consistent training. Um, before, of course, I was nervous, but mostly because I just didn't know what to do. And I was the only girl in that gym. Um, all the boys were bigger, stronger, had more experience than me. And so I just got ragdolled the whole entire time for the first six to eight months. Um, but that really teaches you just how to keep going under all of that pressure. And it really makes you face your flight or fight instincts 
and be able to power through it and like face that fear of being like, I don't know what to do. I don't think I can do this. And you just push through it. Once you realize that you can push through it and the technique themselves start piecing them, uh, themselves together in your head, that's when that confidence kicks in and you're like, oh, I kind of get this and I think I can do this. And then the more that you keep going at it, especially with me having to train only with men and only having that option available to me for so many years, being the only female, um, you really kind of like develop, they, they, the more you stick with it, the men will adopt you into that brotherhood, into that band that they form with themselves and people walk away with never having so many people have your back. Like, it's amazing the relationship they back you that helps to build your confidence also and the more that you fight them the more you bring that aggression to them they will actually respect you more um and they they want you to learn they want to see you grow and develop and they've actually fostered my confidence and my abilities in jiu-jitsu more so than the females that I've been around have. Um, I know that's not everybody's experience. That's only my personal life that I'm talking about. But I mean, I, I loved the guys in training with them. Um, once I got to about year three, I would say that my confidence level was through the roof. I walk around downtown Austin at 2 a.m. in the dark by myself and I give zero fucks. Like, I wish a motherfucker would. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, it really does like just really help your confidence and I love teaching the women's program and being able to see the difference from a woman coming in on day one versus month six and just seeing that growth in her and just seeing how the light in her eyes changes and just being able to look at her step on the mat and no longer see that little hint of fear but just see that fucking growl in her chest like bring it bitch let's do this and i'm like yes ah this is what i live for tori let me let you save yourself a little bit because i picked on you to start with of saying you said i've only go there a little bit because you're one of the most confident people in life that i know so um and do all kinds of risk-taking things in your life and um so apply that in jujitsu and tell me a little bit about why are you saying I've only, and then how you really feel about yourself on the, go ahead and go. You can release how it really feels. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I say if only, I, I say, oh, I, I've only been doing it for, you know, a year and a half, two years. Um, mainly because I know there's a lot of stuff I don't know. Um, and I'm not a gym rat. I'm not on the mat, you know, two days, two a days. I'm not on the mat every day a week. Um, my work schedule just doesn't allow me to be on the mat more than two or three times a week. So I know that my skill level is not, you know, through the roof. I, I love rolling with these guys. Um, I'm, you know, one of the few females that we have, me and the other females that are at this gym, we never really seem to hit the mat at the same time. Um, and so it is usually just me and the guys. And I don't mind that. Like, I, I love rolling with the guys, you know, like she said, they kind of adopt you into that brother brotherly love um i know if people walked in our gym and didn't know us they'd probably think we all hate each other um <laughs> just with how we talk to each other but um no i just i say i i know my skill level is not i mean i'm i am a white belt i know there are things i don't know um like she was saying i'm also a big girl i'm 5'10 5'10 and a half 
Um, so I'm, you know, the dude size. So even when females do come in, they're usually a lot smaller than I am. Um, so yeah, just kind of that, that aspect of it, you know, um, I wouldn't say I'm not confident on the mat. You know, I, I know I can roll with a brand new white belt and no, I'm not going to hurt myself or them. Um, but yeah, just the, the skill level I know is just, I'm very new to the sport. So and I'm not a gym rat. I'm not here all the time. So, and you've grown up with gym rats in your family. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think Isaac yeah. was born on a mat. I guess I don't know, but yeah. So I know, I know that my jumps and knowledge are not as big as somebody that's on the mat. You know, five, five times a week or more. So that was great, y'all. Feed off of that. I, I know that um, I saw a lot of nodding heads when Destiny was talking. So. You know, what are some of your thoughts and and some of the aspects that you all brought out? I'll go and and, kind of add on to what or agree with something that Destiny said. And 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 Tori mentioned it as well. Just the guys adopting you into uh, their little group and you just become like an honorary dude, I guess. Um, (laughs) But yes, definitely a lot of my confidence came from my training partners telling me that I did a great job or, you know, oh, you felt just as strong as so-and-so over there or something, because a lot of times you can't really, it's hard to judge because when you are the only girl in the room, it's hard because the guys are not going hundred percent competition speed with you. And I don't want, I don't personally want them to, to judge where you actually are when you're going with a guy who outweighs you and, um, is stronger than you and so how hard are they actually going did I actually get that submission you know and so you start questioning yourself and and I think that you know goes a long way with your confidence you know if you're sitting there around questioning yourself and I think we all do at some points in our journey we sit in the shower and just go why am I doing this what is wrong with me and um so yeah, your your training partners being very encouraging and letting you know how your game's going, letting letting you know that you're improving. And so I think it's it's awesome to have a great communication with your training partners because you can let them know the same thing. Like, oh, this time your transition was so much smoother. Or, you know, when you were on my legs, like your clamp was so much tighter and I couldn't move, you know, just communication and stuff like that. So I think that's that goes a long way with personally my confidence experienced a lot of the same type of things like one of my favorite things is rolling with like a guy that you haven't really rolled with before and they don't know what to expect you know and then you start surprising them with moves and they're like oh shit okay this girl knows what she's doing I'm gonna actually have to try with her you know I just had that experience on Sunday with a couple dudes and I was like yeah you know even if they're just saying like oh hey that was actually really close if it's a 230 pound dude, you know, that's a huge victory for me. Just the fact that they were even a little scared. I'm like, okay, I'm getting there. <laughs> Absolutely. Started training when I was about 10 and I was, I was tall, lanky, wore glasses, had braces, you know, just like this dorky little kid and I danced. And, you know, the girls that danced, they weren't the nicest to me. You know, I had some issues, but, um, and I started doing jujitsu and I was terrified at first. I was the only girl in the gym and it was me and these big dudes. And I was just, I was like, we have to roll with each other. And I was freaked out at first, but it didn't take me long. And I got very comfortable. And, and jujitsu has really helped me with just confidence in life in general, you know, like just 
will try to like uh, start like a conflict with comfortable self, you know, you're confident, you're like, okay, I I, I train, you know, I can always go back to jujitsu. You know, I don't I don't really know how to explain that, but jujitsu has definitely helped me with my confidence, you know. Um, I guess that's my answer. I don't know. I'm 15 now, so I've been doing it for about five, six years. So I've kind of grown up as a gym rat too. So I think that plays into what the rest of you ladies were saying. Um, yeah. That, that the confidence kind of wavers at times, but then at the same time, the longer you're investing, the more, more you um, feel comfortable and confident. And you touched on something there, Molly, and I think the rest of you may have as well, but it does kind of spill into the rest of your life and in other places and situations. So, oh, yes. Uh, how do you know you can trust somebody? on the mat? How do you know when somebody new walks in, how how do you know the trust level or is the trust level important? I feel like you just don't, honestly, unless you get that, unless someone else has told you something from their experience rolling with that person. Like sometimes you just got to kind of roll the dice. If it's someone brand new, you've never rolled with, and they're like immensely larger than you maybe wait until you know a little more about them or something like that, you know? But I mean, to a certain extent, you kind of have to like give them the benefit of the doubt that first time around. And if they do something really ridiculous, then maybe just avoid them in the future. But I mean, unless you've already developed a relationship with someone, you know, sometimes you don't really know, especially since I train at two different schools, you know, a lot of the newer Bethlehem guys, I don't know them as well because we won't have the same schedule or whatever. So you kind of have to just go with faith, (laughs) see what happens. I'm really lucky that I have a great school where I don't feel like we have a lot of douchey guys that do stupid things because I feel like the other guys act as like, somewhat of an enforcer you know they look out for us they know like hey you know they're going a little too hard on this smaller girl that kind of thing then the guys will take care of it for us you know give them a little humbling that type thing at our school we're luckily large enough so we have about 180 students so when someone new comes in and they're way out of my weight class especially if they're way out of my weight class like I don't feel that I have to roll with them anymore some guys I do especially if they ask me to like they call me out from the side I'm like all right well I'll show you what I got but um most of the time if they're new I'll give them three months and, and that usually gets the, the, they get their spaz out on, you know, other white belts and like some of our bigger guys. And then they learn how to control their movements better, even, you know, like controlled falling. I don't want somebody to fall with on me with all of their weight, you know. And so you just learn movements in class within th- the first three months that you, you know, so you can protect your partners and they don't know that stuff yet. So I usually give them about three months, um, but with people, and especially now we've had a lot of visitors now that Brandon's all over social media and people coming to visit, um, I'll let them roll a lot of rounds with the other guys and, um, you know, I'll kind of be like, all right, is he all right? You know, and, and that kind of thing, because I'm, I'm 140 pounds and I'm 41 years old. I uh, and I still want to train until I'm 60 and 70 years old. So I, I need to protect my body. And so, you know, I'll ask the guys, I'll be like, all right, what kind of role was he? Can I, you know, 
is he going to protect me? So I'll. That kind of goes back to your community. You know, you can ask other guys, they know how you roll. They know what they do with you and they can give you that feedback and input. So what we're talking about is, you know, what makes you know that you can trust someone. And so um, that observation seems to be the key word that comes out of that, that you're talking about. What, what about the rest of you? I really feel like I feel energies from a lot of people very easily. So typically, like, I just kind of can feel if he's going to be okay or not. Um, and also, I'm not 100% scared of the spazzy white belt. And I actually like to be one of the people that they roll with on their first couple of days in the gym because I'm 5'4 and 115 pounds. So when I come in and I snap your fucking arm, you got a new level of respect for me. Um, usually, if they're bigger and I can tell that they've lifted a lot of weights and maybe they're like, Ugh, going after it I'll kind of wait till they're tired I'll let the big dudes tire them out get them real sweaty and then I'm like all right bro it's my turn it's my turn and it, it really just being that capable um as a female and a small one at that against these guys that are bigger and newer it really just solidifies an amount of respect that they're going to have for the other women right off the bat because the other, most of the other girls are a little bit bigger than me, even though they're lower ranked. I'm pretty much the smallest one at the gym besides Mary. Um, and so me being that tiny and being able to just climb them like a tree and swing around, it's <laughs> like, it, it's very humbling for them. Um, <laughs> and it does give me a little ego boost. I got to admit, I kind of like it. <laughs> That's but awesome. then again, I mean, you will get those ones sometimes where it's like, oh, I bit off more than I can chew. And I mean, sometimes you just got to admit, like, you, you didn't, you shouldn't have been rolling with this person. And nine times out of 10, even in those situations, they're not like actively trying to hurt you. They're just like a dumb white belt. Um, but occasionally you will get that one out of 50 dudes that's like, nah, I'm going to try and murder this bitch. And that's when I'm like, all right, bro, I got you. And then I'll go find one of my buddies and I'll be like, Hey, how about you go spend the next round with them? <laughs> I know that for me personally, I do a lot of watching, especially if like the new guys come in like open mat or even just new guys in general. I'll watch a lot. I'll watch them roll with somebody else. Um, I'll watch them roll with a couple of the guys before I'll make a determination of, mm, I better not. Or yeah, okay. I can roll with them. I, I, see no problem with that. So trust is something that's important um, in your practicing, but what about in competition? I mean, some of you are pretty heavy competitors um, and you're out there a lot doing some big name competitions. How, how does trust go over into competition? I mean, and I, I know on the, on your home gym mat, it's one feeling and vibe. But what about when you're going out there and you may not know who you're up against and what you're doing? Is there an unspoken trust in, in jiu-jitsu or is it, I see you. I don't, I don't think there head. is in competition. I mean, especially once you get to a certain level, like even at blue belt really, but now being a purple belt, like you have to expect that they're, they're coming to actually, especially as a woman, you know, we don't tap easy. We're going to make you like you know, really hyperextend our arm and stuff. Like women are typically more flexible. So when people are putting on subs, they're putting them on like hard to make sure that they're going to tap you. You know, I think the trust 
really comes in as far as the referee is concerned, because the other person's not going to be worried about you. They're trying to win. I mean, at least from my perspective, everyone I go against is trying to win. And I mean, I'm trying to win too. So like not saying to the extent where you wouldn't release whenever they tap or something, but as far as like anything shady that might go down, that really has to be like the ref's call. You know, I, w- I was just watching an event over the weekend where there was like some kicks to the face when they were trying to escape a leg entanglement and to the point where like the match was stopped and stuff and they reset them. It was a whole thing. But, you know, in that situation, like you're really relying on the ref. Cause like I said, your opponent really probably doesn't know you probably doesn't care about you. They just care about winning. I mean, that sounds like really cynical for me to say that, but I guess it's just how I look at things. The harsh reality of competing. They're trying to come for blood. (laughs) Well, why wouldn't you if you were there to win? I mean, it, yeah. you're not in a four-year-old soccer where it's like, here, let my friend make this goal because I like him. You know, that's yeah. if you're not there to win, why would you even attempt? I'll just have to really agree with Laura on that. It's mostly relying on the referee, you know, because they're, they're going to come in there and they want, they're going to take your head off. Like but You've got to expect, like, they want you to fall asleep. They want to break your arms, you know. And, I mean, it's not – they just they just want to win, you know. And you can be cool with your opponent, too. Like, this weekend, the girl I fought, she was – we were, were great friends, you know. But, like, once the ref said go, you know, it was on and we had to fight. And we went into double overtime and everything. We drug it out. But, yeah, um, there's, there's a certain level of trust mostly with the referee and with your opponent to kind of follow the rules, but, you know, always expect the worst in your match, you know. What's something that you, what's the most rewarding aspect of jiu-jitsu for you? Um, you know, is it a specific event, uh, mastering a specific move, um, having your community? What, what is the most rewarding thing or aspect within jiu-jitsu for you personally there's so many so the one that popped in my mind first was just how how in shape it has the the level of fitness that has made me maintain um because like I said I'm 41 I'm going to turn 42 this year and uh there are none of my peers that are at this level of fitness and so um I mean, I'm, I'm just so thankful. You know, I, I also have those times where I'm just barely getting off the mat. And again, I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> but um, for the most part, you know, I, I can do anything I want to do. I can, you know, jujitsu has allowed me to travel the world, um, you know, doing seminars, going to seminars with Brandon. Um, so all over the world. So, yeah, I would say, I mean, like I said, there's just so many, but the level of fitness that I've been able to maintain. And I think that I'll be able to maintain it for several more, I mean, hopefully a couple of decades. (laughs) I don't know. We'll see. I've overcome a lot of mental, like past experiences that I didn't realize were going to come up. Like a piece of me knew, but another piece of me didn't realize how much was going to come up during jujitsu. That I I was able to not just apply it on the mats, but also outside of the mats. So being able to, in my, my like jujitsu was more at home because right before uh, quarantine hit, I was training and then quarantine happened and a lot of my training was at home. 
So I was able to overcome a lot of um, emotional things that would come up through jujitsu, but just in private, so to speak. And then uh, I also agree with uh, Lindsay about being able to travel around the world. Like I've met so many awesome people and um, had so many opportunities of getting to know someone else's jujitsu and, and experiences and how we can correlate or how they're different, but you can still get like a new perspective on it. Um, also, I just love being able to do so many cool things with my body. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like the same thing Lindsay's talking about of being able to do whatever you want, um, not have limitations. I mean, I, I agree with both of them. Like, the physical fitness level, you know, and I mean, traveling and all that kind of stuff. Like I still have a regular job, but I still get to go on a lot of cool trips, you know, for competing seminars, that kind of thing. And like uh, the community aspect too. um, taking younger girls or less experienced girls, not necessarily younger under my wing and like seeing them get really interested and do well, or, you know, hitting a move that I showed them how to do and like being surprised and proud of themselves, like all of those kind of things, you know, and even like uh, Natasha was saying, like working on your mental health, like competition for me is really difficult, even though I do it a lot. I have really intense anxiety. And each time it's like a practice in controlling my anxiety and trying to work through those feelings and stuff. So I feel like it's really helped me develop more as a person too. That's interesting because from the outside looking in, I see such strong and just women that I can't even imagine have any negative feelings towards themselves or anxiety. And I'm like, really? (laughs) Because you all exude such strength. And so it, it, I guess it's shining the light to me that it is a terrifically successful coping mechanism. Oh yeah. And I think it's really important for like the more experienced girls or the competitive girls to share their insecurities and, you know, struggles with mental health so that the other girls that are still coming up and have those same kind of issues can kind of see like, Hey, you can have anxiety and still compete, or you can still do all of these things or, you know, just kind of have faith that they can work through their own issues as well. You know, I think it's nice to be relatable so they don't just have you like on some crazy pedestal, like you're some perfect whatever, just because you have a few more years of training than they do. But it's nice to have somebody that's been there and done that and like, oh, well, look, she's, you know, Laura's done it and she's still here and she's still training. And, you know, I can ask her questions about it and, you know, she can give me advice and, you know, she can look to you for an example. So, yeah, like. I'm, I'm at step one, but she's at step like seven, you know, so I can look to her and she's done it already. So yeah. And there there are not a whole lot of jujitsu gyms that have women, you know, at that level, even purple belt level, like that are examples and teachers. And so, yeah, I mean, Allentown's very lucky to have such an awesome example. So thank you. And I wish I wish I can more uh, powerful females in in more not just 10th planet schools but in all schools yeah I mean it's it's beneficial for for every school to have a powerful woman so did y'all specifically look for mentors I mean some of you have been in it a lot longer and you you basically would have male mentors but 
Um, did Have you looked for mentoring opportunities for yourself? And then do you look for mentoring opportunities to give? It was really hard. Like, so 15 years ago in the Southeast, jujitsu was not very prevalent. And so, yeah, I mean, it was, it was hard to find just a jujitsu mentor. Um, so Brandon and I were watching YouTube videos and, and learning from instructional manuals. <laughs> so um, it was very, yeah, I, I didn't really have a, a female mentor and like Brandon really didn't even have a, a male jujitsu mentor because Eddie was in LA and we're in Alabama. So we really just had each other. And so it was just like, we would, we would talk to each other. So when you live with your training partner, it's, you know, I guess it's a little bit different. You find your motivation <laughs> right next to you. So yeah. yeah, luckily we were both really interested and really motivated. So, you know, but it came, there came a time where it was, all right, Lindsay, it's time to develop a women's program, you know, here at Decatur. And so, uh, I'll agree. I can't remember somebody made the point about like mentoring women and seeing them go I think it was Laura going from yeah. like step one to you know where they are now and or like getting them to a blue belt level and just seeing that they're different creatures you know I, I remember giving this one girl her brown belt or sorry her blue belt sorry and um, I'm like you're just completely different you're a completely different person than the person who walked in the doors on day one and yeah, I mean, that's mentoring someone to take them from like this fragile little creature into someone who believes in themselves and will pick up the biggest person in the gym and, and ask to roll with them. You know, those are, those are completely different people. So yeah, that's, that's been an awesome thing. Just being a mentor and watching these, these ladies grow and, and be on their journey. Yeah. I, I think I'm in a similar boat kind of, but not really. Like I wouldn't say I had a, a female mentor coming up or anything. Um, but unlike Lindsay, I'm at a much lower level compared to my boyfriend and my coaches, uh, Zach Mislani and JM Holland are like my main coaches. And then obviously at some point I started dating John, we weren't together when I first started at 10th planet. So we kind of developed as teammates and he was like a coach of mine as well. Cause he taught the Thursday class you know, but now he's got his own school, but they're so far past my level. I still learn plenty from them. Um, but now it's kind of weird, like later in my jujitsu journey, actually, mostly recently, I finally have like what I consider to be a female mentor. Um, Brittany Elkin, I've been really lucky. She just got her black belt not that long ago. She's been training and competing for like, I want to say 12, 13 years, something like that. So she has a lot of experience and bonus points because she's also like exactly my size. She's really tall, 5'11", or almost six foot, and we're like the same weight, which is really hard to find as a woman because we're giant. So she's kind of like taken me under her wing a bit. And then also, obviously, I have like my white belt and a couple blue belt girls that I help out. So it's like kind of keeping the cycle going. But like I said, it was kind of later in my journey that I was able to have Brittany there. She's like a she newly moved out here. I want to say like a year ago, we really started working together more, but that's been a huge help for me, both because of her being my same size and also having so much more experience. I hate to do this, but I'm actually going into the gym right now for a class starting at 10. So if y'all are still talking when I get done, I'll jump back on. Thank you, Tori. And I'm glad that um, you joined us. So if you had something that you could say really loud that you wanted people to hear, that involved jujitsu, 
or, or some of the principles that come out of it. What, what do you want to say? <laughs> I would probably say um, it's not as scary as it looks. <laughs> So we, we have women that will come and try class and just talk about how they're sitting in their car before class starts and they're just rocking back and forth and they're so nervous and just wringing their hands, you know, and, and I don't know if it's just um, like a women in the South kind of stereotype that we're just Southern bells and we don't roll around on the ground and get sweaty. I don't know if that's just a Southern thing or not, but um, women here seem to kind of just oh, that's way too close for me. Like they are touching each other a lot. Um, but <laughs> yeah, you know, that's I, good. if, if you are ever in a self-defense situation, that's where it's going to end up. And, um, you know, we get used to being that close and touching each other that much so we can defend ourselves. So I, I, I would say just try it for a month just give it a month, you know, and, and you will be surprised that you're a, you're a different person than, than when you first walked in the door. And it's not for everyone. You know, some people are extremely uncomfortable and, and just don't want to do it. But there are some people out there, I think they're just a little scared that would love it. So I would say just try it. Give yourself space to grow because like, it's not easy sometimes they are but like the moments that are easy I feel like for me it's been the moments that it clicks I'm like oh this is how that works but if the journey in total was easy it wouldn't be as fun for me because I think the challenge is like is what makes me want to keep going I'm like and especially like you know when you start learning a whole bunch of other things and then somehow like the basics start going away I'm like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. come back here um but yeah like give yourself space to grow give yourself the space to because at least for me when I first walked into a gym and like actually sat down because I wanted to learn it I'm like oh okay this, this is going to be a challenge because I could see where like there's going to be times where I'm going to feel really good and then sometimes where I'm not going to feel really good I'm going to feel really shitty there's even been times where I feel just plateau and I'm like what is this feeling and then all of a sudden I skyrocket and then I go back down to that plateau and go down and go back up so yeah it's, it's definitely a growing experience on and off the mats. That is something that stuns me in every conversation that I'm having of where y'all go from these polar opposite feelings. And, and it's like the really high, the really low, the really feeling good about yourself, the really feeling crappy about yourself. I mean, it's like, oh my goodness. Is it gradual or or? I mean, do you feel just a progression or is that really frustrating? Or, I mean, I like even keel. So, but it stuns me because that's something y'all all say. For me, it changes even from training session to training session. So it'd be like Monday was awesome. And Wednesday, I just stunk it up big time. But I think, you know, like your, I think your incline and your periods of growth like will last, but, you know, for maybe even months at a time, uh, you can feel yourself progressively getting better and better. But yeah, I mean, just from day to day, I'll be like, man, I stunk it up today, but tomorrow will be better, you know? Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know. I mean, it, it depends on your training partners too, because if your whole room 
is progressively getting better. You might, you might be getting better, but you're not getting the same taps or you're not getting the same submissions. So yeah, I mean, when you're in a room that's progressing like you are, then you're exponentially getting better, but you don't feel it because you're not getting the same submissions and the same feelings because everybody's getting better. So yeah, yeah so that's one of the things that I was going to say. I think the biggest message for me to people is like, and I still struggle with this myself so much, but try your absolute best not to compare yourself to other people. Um, Cause I think like Tori was saying, earlier mat time makes all the difference you know we all kind of threw our years out there and like I think even when you're competing against people like you have a tendency to be like oh like how many years do you have but like years isn't the whole story you know I have been training for more than seven years but there were periods of time I was working two jobs I was in school that kind of thing I'm in school right now I'm really only getting two to three days per week which is way less than I like to be doing you know but it's for like a temporary period of time but then there's people that have only been training for like four years but they're putting in six days a week and then obviously they they might be better than you and it's just one of those things where Everyone has their own journey and you really just have to be patient with yourself. Jiu-jitsu is not always going to be your everything. Like I'm even what I consider to be a very jujitsu obsessed person. Like I moved my whole life out here to be near 10th planet Bethlehem. But right now I'm in massage school for a year and I've kind of had to like take a little break from competing. Jiu-jitsu is more on the back burner and it's frustrating. Like lots of my friends are going to be getting their brown belts this year. And here I am just like, maintaining it feels like you know because I'm not getting the mat days that I want to be but you know sometimes you have other goals and you just kind of have to go with life you know not everyone is going to have that same experience for x amount of years they could have vastly different amounts of time on the mat if they're doing two a days or whatever free time they have you know and I think a lot of people that have like the regular job or other things going on in their life like it's hard, especially when you're at a good school, not to compare yourself to all these people that are like competing and doing great and progressing so fast, you know, but you don't know what they have going on in their life. They probably have a lot more time than you to be putting that time in on the mat, you know, so we all just kind of do the best that we can with what we have at that time in life. And especially if you're looking at it as like a lifelong journey, which I totally am. I'm trying to give myself that little bit of grace, you know, for this window of time that like I'm taking a little bit less time training to accomplish other goals, you know? Absolutely. It, it becomes part of your core and not just a little hobby off to the side. It sounds. Yeah, Jiu-jitsu is definitely like a, a trust the process kind of sport, you know? And even if you're like at the highest level, you know, everyone has bad days. Like there's, like everyone, you can watch the biggest shows and they're going to lose. Like, But you really just got to trust in it and stay on the mat. And I basically, I live on the mat. I'm in the gym probably six days a week. And, you know, and I definitely have my bad days. You know, I'm not big. I'm like 135 pounds, little girl, you know. So we really got to hold our own here. And it's just, you really have to trust in the process because there are a lot of days that I go home and I'm like, oh my. I got my butt kicked today by like a bunch of blue belt guys. This is sad. But, um, and then you'll come back the next day and it'll be like your best day ever. And you're tapping out everyone in the gym, you know? So it's just kind of like, you got to really trust it. And, you know, 
and go through the lows to have those highs. You know, it's the best feeling. You know, I, I kind of wanted to touch on what Laura was saying, and it's, you know, when you make jujitsu like part of your life, then it's still there. You know, I mean, like, even if you're doing other things at the moment, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, because there was, I had a full-time job, two kids, and I was training twice a week, you know, and um, so there was years and years of that until jujitsu enabled me to quit my job, and then I could do this full-time, so um yeah, I mean, as long as it's always there, I think that you're still going to get those ups and downs. Um, but I think it's just about who's left at the end, like who's still training, because those things that come up in life that cause you to stop training, you know, I mean, there's, you could probably think of 10 people right now who have quit since you started, you know, I mean, like maybe even your training partners. So that's what I think about, like all the training partners that I've lost and, you know, well, I'm still I'm still around, even if it was at a time, you know, I was just putting jujitsu in twice a week for a while. I will say that I always tell the white ladies when they come in on day one to one, your job is to make your partner as uncomfortable as humanly possible. <laughs> so get in there, stop being afraid, touch people. <laughs> and uh, then also, I also tell them that if they manage to survive the first six months, and be consistent during that six months, they're golden. The first year to year and a half is going to suck balls no matter how good you are and how much you train. But if you can make it through that first six months, everything's going to be okay. That's a hard six months. It's a yeah, very it hard six months. <laughs> you couldn't yeah. offer me $2 million to go back in time and be a white belt for two <laughs> years all over again. I would not take it. You're paying a gym fee to go get demolished every day. <laughs> exactly. And I don't know who said it earlier, but whenever they said that they have the ladies saying that they'll pull up to the gym and just sit in their vehicles, I specifically remember doing that when I first started. Every day for that first six months, I would pull up to the gym, park, and then just sit there in the driver's seat, just anxious and worried. But every time I would finally get out of the truck and I would go, and it, it was the most rewarding decisions that I've ever made in my life. That's interesting because, uh, Lindsay, you were mentioning about that and uh, you mentioned about the Southern Bell thing. And listen, I've I've been fortunate of like throughout my jujitsu. It's been more of travel because my partner and I, uh, my partner's Charles and Charles Harry. And he he was able to teach a lot of it at home during quarantine because he was like, man, I miss teaching. I'm like, man, I miss learning. I'm like, I've got maps. <laughs> <laughs> and so we did a lot of that. But like I got so used to one on one that when we went to a gym, I'm like, ah, I'm ready. And I'm like, oh God, what am I doing here? And then listening to other women who, cause I'm, I'm five, three, um, weight is a fluctuation thing, but like, um, I go from like 140 to 150, depending on the time of the year. Right. And so there's some women, whether they're my size or bigger than me, they're like, you do jujitsu. And I'm like, yeah, they're like, and you like it. And I'm like, yeah I'm like and you and you you trained with my husband too I'm like yeah he's a big guy and they're friends I'm like yeah so this is in Ohio for example those are big boys <laughs> and but like even all the way in Connecticut and all the way to Iceland to like Spain like all these different places people are like but they're sweaty on top of you I'm like I know and sometimes you'll feel claustrophobic and if you really want them off of you you don't even have to tap you can be like get off <laughs> and if they can't hear you then you can tap like it's just it's interesting because like there's been definitely times where I go into a gym because every gym has its own culture just like every family right and I go into that gym and I'm like 
what just happened and then there's other gyms where i'm like that was awesome but like the ones that are like what just happened is like was that my jiu-jitsu was that their jiu-jitsu was this an off day was that too much pressure for me should i tapped earlier like it's it's just uh an interesting thing because like it just Lindsay, when you had mentioned that i just thought about like it's not just the south girl i know i'm like i'm in the i'm like the south i'm the south state that's not the south because i live in florida like that's my home base but I'm in the north, so it's close enough to like what the actual South is to like experience some of these people that are like, I don't know why you do that. I'm like, truthfully, sometimes I ask myself the same thing, but sometimes I even ask, I don't know why you don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It does go both ways. Why are why are you not? Um, do you find yourself a little judgy sometimes towards other women who aren't doing anything? Oh, fuck. Yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) All the time. But then again, I've also grown up and I just really haven't liked a lot of women. They like I've never been like really accepted into a female group very much. And like they've always judged me. And so now, like looking back at them, I'm kind of like, look at what I'm doing and look at what you're doing. And like Lindsay said, she's in the best shape of her life. And I'm like, I'm in better shape than I was in high school and still the same size. And I'm 33. Like, like, I just don't understand the complacency and the content that a lot of women just feel comfortable in. And they just live in this state of just fear and helplessness when it comes to these big situations. And I'm like, I, I don't understand this. Why are you not trying to do something that's proactive towards it? Um, and that that's where I get frustrated a lot with other females is that they just that they don't want to help themselves. Yeah. Same. Word for word. (laughs) I'll have to agree with destiny a lot there because I've been doing this since I was about nine and I was homeschooled and I just, I was kind of the outcast, like she said, with other girls and especially now I'm still homeschooled and I just basically live in the gym. So I just can't, you know, I, I do, I can agree with her on not being able to comprehend how girls don't want to, you know, better themselves in that kind of way you know and it's such a confidence builder you know and they just don't understand and I wish that everyone could get a shot at jujitsu you know just to like experience it yeah and a lot of a lot of ladies they put out this like like Lindsay said the southern bell image especially me growing up in Texas so I totally understand that mentality like they're just these delicate little flowers and oh we're so fragile and we can't do anything by ourselves without a man like shut the fuck up I'm about to go and own my life while you sit here and just don't do crap they create stories of a princess and a tower about you but I am the dragon that's a great statement to shout out um that's awesome my my only thing like uh and I agree with destiny a hundred well I agree with destiny maybe 98 percent there's when I started um working with more females just having people who have had traumatic experiences with guys and then asking them to come and train with guys that closely that's my only thing that I'm like okay I see where you you've got some trauma in your life and this is traumatic for you to be experiencing do I suggest that they continue and and because this is going to be so beneficial if they are able to then yes like if they can overcome 
and still, you know, maybe start training with the female and then like transition to training with males, then yes, that that's the only excuse that I can, that I can get down with. I under, I agree with that. It's, and also like being okay with maybe this gym is not the one for me type of feeling of like, cause I've changed, I changed gyms and both gyms I loved, but one of them, I got more of what I wanted for my journey and that works for me, but like, um, as in like a main gyms, you know, but I also agree with that. I, it's just, it's the feeling of, how do I put it? Like, it's, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I've caught myself like fully judging someone else. It's more of like the curiosity of like, why don't you start? Like you're like, in other words of, because I've been in situations because I'm a, I am a massage therapist and I have a lot of friends who are massage therapists and some of them do jujitsu. So when I go in, they're like, oh, that was a Kimura, wasn't it? I'm like, yeah. And they affect <laughs> a little bit of my neck. And they're like, okay, I get it. They, I don't have to explain too much. Someone else is like, are you sure you want to do this? I'm like, I, I, I do. Like, I, we got the yin. We got to get some yang in there. We got to balance things out. You know, I've got a I've got some energy in my own body that I need to let go of. And that's not always going to be in a meditation or yoga or riding a bicycle. Like there's some other feelings in there because I am human. Like I think that people think at times that um, no matter what background is like, as though a woman can't get upset or a woman shouldn't show anger or, but like in this space, it's not, it's aggressive in its own way, but that's only if you choose it to be like, there's been plenty of times where a role is like a dance. And it's just an actual flow, <laughs> not the flow that people talk about, but an actual flow. We're like, oh, okay. Or like chess, like, okay, I do this move, you do that move and no, no egos involved in that situation. It's, it's like, it's like, okay, I see your progress. I'm, I'm here to see mine as well. Um, but as far as judging someone else, I don't know. I, I've, I've only felt it when I feel like I'm looking, I'm being looked down on for doing it. Or it's like, oh, why would you want to be with smelly, grossy, gross, um, sweaty people, especially men all over you? I'm like, it's not that. It's not about that. That's not what I'm signing up for. That's just the bonus, I guess you could say. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really don't want it. Like sometimes sweat's going to drip in your eye. You just got to make sure your eyes close. Same thing with your mouth. Just just look away. But (laughs) I, I think I've only felt it when someone is I, when I feel like someone's looking down on me and I'm like, oh, why don't you just try it yourself? And then you can you can come back to me about that. By the way, I don't actually think it's a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded good. It flowed. Um, hey, let's talk about ego. She Natasha mentioned ego. Ego can be a pretty um, big thing, both our own other people's on the mat, off the mat. Um, how do you feel about just even hearing ego? What, what thoughts come through your mind? Just as a, it's a very humbling sport, you know, getting in there and one day you could, like I said earlier, one day you could be rolling and you're just tapping everyone out on the mat. But then the next day, like that one, that one little dude who's like 125 pounds just comes in there and you can't even like move them around and you're like okay I'm now reminded that I still suck and I need to come back in here every day you know so it's just a great humbling sport but everyone's so nice in it too that you know it is an ego it can be an ego booster but it can also humble you yeah I I agree with that too and 
It's awesome when you can find a, a training partner, especially like your main training partner that can roll with you with no ego. Like, all right, let's just roll like tap for tap. And when you got me, I'm just going to admit that you got me. And then when you get me, I'm just going to admit that you got me. Like, I'm not, I feel that you've got the position and the submission. I'm not going to try to, you know, force my way out of it. Let's both not have an ego and let's just see who's, you know, who's got it today. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's the best when you can, but everybody's got a little ego. I want to win, especially if you're in jujitsu and you're playing a competitive sport like that, you like to win, you know, and especially we're wrestling, we're having a physical altercation here. You want to win and come out on top. Um, but yeah, you definitely have to suppress that sometimes, especially keep your body safe and go, all right, I, you've got my heel. I want to, I want to roll again this next round. So <laughs> let's tap. So definitely you got to put your ego in your back pocket. And, and especially when it's just training, like we're just getting better. We're both getting better. Let's not have an ego. You got me today. I'll just train more and tomorrow you won't get me, you know? I, so there's, yeah, I definitely have an issue sometimes, but hopefully, hopefully not enough to get myself injured. <laughs> Yeah, you got to definitely be stay humble whenever you're training because, yeah, your ego wants you to get the tap and get the sub because that that basically equates to success. But you have to remember that it's anybody's game on any day. You may not be on on point that day. Maybe the next day you are. And so it's going to be just this cycle that you're caught in of being the best one on the mat and being the worst one on the mat. It never matters how much training you have. It's just day to day. Um, and you, you got to keep telling yourself that with jujitsu, you're there for the long haul. You're there for longevity, not for just a short, fast amount of time. Um, I mean, I've been training for 12 years. Lindsay's been training for 15. So we know that we have to just moderate that and be able to admit to defeat whenever it happens to us and that there's no shame in that because it's all a learning experience. None of us are going to be able to be successful without having multiple repetitive failures. Yeah, and it's difficult too, especially when you have um, competitive females like nipping at your heels and you're like, oh, well, I don't want to roll with them. They might tap me, you know, like I'm the black belt. I'm going to be tapping them, but you got to go, we're both still getting better. And if they're, if they're nipping at my heels and they're that competitive now, me rolling with them is going to make me better. And yeah, they may catch me, but we're still getting better together. And yeah, I need to put my ego in my back pocket. They're getting better because our school's good, you know, so you got to find the, find the good points in there. And <laughs> yeah, you got to buy a purple belt, but like I said, we're getting better and your competition's getting better. Your training room's getting better. So there's always positive ways to look at it. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes in competition, there's a, a persona that is being kind of built around one of the athletes or something and and it may not be really who they are but it's just their character and I don't mean their character as their integrity but but the character that they're putting together for a public display um I get texts from Isaac sometimes to say all right mom chill this isn't real this is not I mean because he knows that I'm hearing it going you know, whether it's, you know, my own kids or somebody else that I've been watching and following. And so sometimes 
is that does that play into ego when it becomes a competition and and you're developing this character athlete or and I mean you might see that more Lindsay in in putting on the PGF and yeah like he encourages the guys especially the competitors that are going to be putting uh, a bunch of stuff on social media to like whoever you are like that needs to be like amplified so right. I don't know if you guys, uh, know Kevin Cheryl he trains with Sean Applegate down in Atlanta so anyway like he perpetuated this like handsome Kevin persona throughout the PGF and so you know Brandon was like well give yourself like one of those Justin Bieber hair flips and like wink at the camera you know and so that went right along with his his personality so he wasn't like going against his personality he was just kind of like hamming it up for the cameras and so um yeah that's definitely something that Brandon uh suggests when you're trying to put your name out there as a competitor and like just go crazy because you want fans to endear themselves to you and so yeah you create this you either create something that you can perpetuate or whatever you currently are you just amplify that you know so so do you see women doing that there's just so few women and I don't know like Ronda Rousey had a persona but I don't know that that I think she just like amplified cameras too. I don't, well, I don't know if it was amplified. Yeah. Because he would say a lot of times she would come to HQ and she would just try to break everybody's stuff. Like, I'm going to break your arm and I'm going to break your arm. And so, um, yeah, I don't know that that would amplify. I think she just went out there and she was a strong personality. So I don't know that she had to amplify it. But yeah, yeah I mean, especially with these women that are coming up and like the female competition scene is getting bigger and bigger. And Eddie's putting on Medusa and all of this stuff. So yes, to get eyes on your social media, you need to be something different. You need to be something yeah. that people are going to look at. Yeah. I mean, you got to do what you got to do to up those tickets sell because a lot of times the, uh, the promoters, they want to bring people in to fight that are going to be able to sell tickets. And so, I mean, the more that you like put out this certain personality, it's going to help those ticket sales. I mean, and in a way, like whenever you're competing, not even just like for a big audience, but just for yourself, like you do have a little bit of a different mindset, even if you don't have a different persona, but just a mindset that you have to slip into that's different from your original one. Um, I mean, I would just become just very solemn, very aggressive and just like resting bitch face all the time when I was competing because you got to get into that harder mentality when in reality I am a fucking teddy bear like I just want snuggles and you to feed me on the couch <laughs> as soon as I step on the mat it's a different thing like I am here to take heads so yeah like you definitely have to kind of like keep that little switch be able to flip it depending on what it is you're trying to accomplish that's interesting. And it'll make me observe a little bit more, you know, to kind of see if I can see patterns, you know, in people. Um, what about self-talk? I, that's been a big thing lately of mindset and self-talk and women sometimes don't speak kindly to themselves. They would never say to a friend what they say to themselves. Where do y'all come in on that topic? You know, um, from a, like a competitors, like I compete very regularly and it is hard to like have a good mentality competing because, you know, you could, there's just so many things that factor into it. And 
like this weekend I just had a good mindset, but you know, before that I was throwing up before my matches, you know, you just really have to be able to take control of your, your mentality. And it's, it's very hard, especially considering the sport we're in, you know, you have to go out there and fight somebody, you know, it's, it's not going to be easy, but you know, you just really got to, trust yourself and put that anxiety past you. I was just going to mention self-talk is something that I struggle with a lot, you know, like say, oh, I suck because this happened or that kind of thing. And like, that's another thing that uh, Brittany has kind of helped me with as like my mentor, because she tends to be the same way. So instead we're kind of like, that encouraging person for each other like whenever I start to say oh I suck she's like no you don't you're great like you do this you know and then I do the same thing for her because she does the same thing to herself so I think that's another good thing about having like that support group where even if you're kind of feeling down about yourself you have other people to be like no you did this well or you know you're actually good at this and that kind of thing I mean obviously I'm working on it more internally as well but I assume it'll come eventually (laughs) practice yeah i i have an issue with negative self-talk i'm very hard on myself i'm harder on myself than anybody any of my coaches are on me ever um and so yeah i have to i have to tone things down sometimes and just be like give yourself a break like you know you're still here you're still practicing like i said it's who's left you know sometimes it's just like you're just and I know I'm going to keep training and keep training and keep training. I, I'm not going to quit until I, like my leg falls off or something. But, um, you know, I, I, sometimes I just have to, Lindsay, just be, give yourself a break today. Like, <laughs> you know, uh, so it, it kind of, when I'll, when I'll bring myself back to reality and just be like, all right, you, you did great. You may not have kept, caught that one sub or you might've let something go you weren't supposed to, but. I mean, overall, you had a great training session. You feel good. You're not injured. Like, you know, let's start finding positives. Like, what are you, what are you pleased with, with your game? And like, let's, let's have some positive talk to replace the negative. So focus on some positive things. Oh, recently, because it it happens a lot here and there, so to speak. Like, I wouldn't say a lot, but like, it happens like at least every six to eight weeks, there's like a moment where I'm like, that, that feeling of that plateau or like where I think it's a down, but it's actually just a little bit of a plateau. Like, it's like, you're not, you're not in the, in the negative and you're not in the huge positive. You're just right there. And it's a slow progress versus a high progress or a fast progress, so to speak. And so <clears throat> I actually have a group chat with two of my really good friends from one of the main gyms that I train at and letting them know, like recently, like just reaching out be like, about different things that's going on but sometimes it has to do with with our jujitsu not just personal and and it's like hey so I'm going through this right now it's like oh and they'll ask like genuine questions like what's going on like what's making you feel that way versus like just the positive statement it's like letting me like helping me navigate the the thoughts and uh and then remind me of like remember like you may not be doing what you think is is like your best but you're still better than you were before. You're still growing. Um, and same thing the other way around when it's like, hey, so I've got this injury, but I really miss jiu-jitsu. Well, you know what? Why don't you just take care of yourself? You can have the day off, so to speak. Or like, if you do want to come, I can just be your training partner for the day. And we can just take it really easy. We don't even have to work in that area that you're injured. So, that, 
And, um, and, but there's also been times where, especially after like my first competition where I was just like, I wasn't ready. It's like, no one really ever is, even when they think they are. It's just like, it's sometimes it's how you feel that day, not your jujitsu in general. Um, how you feel in that moment, what you feel in the moment that you're with that person. Cause like the last competition that I had, like I saw, that I, I, I have a knack of like not wanting to see them roll before I go in. Cause I think it's going to psych me out. And then, but I can always pinpoint like who's going to be my opponent, so to speak. And I'm like, as soon as I do that piece of me, it's like, gosh, darn it. She's going to be short or faster than me. Or she's going to be bigger than me. She's going to be stronger than me. I'm like, I can't deal with this right now. And, um, I got to like find a way to, to not let myself unravel in those moments. And sometimes that's talking to my partner who ends up being on my corner. Um, and sometimes it's me moving, you know, but talking to good friends about different things, um, whether they're the same belt color as you or above or below or whatever it is, it helps because it's not just about, you know, what belt they are. It's also like, what, what can you or your, or your training partners provide to you mentally for you? So like, sometimes for me, I'm like, all right, I think this is one of those times where I need to move or other times it's like, maybe I should journal what's going on so that in the future, I can look back at these notes and be like, Oh, look at how much you've grown since then. Um, yeah, so creating just different tools. Yeah, creating different tools that you can self-talk from real experiences that you've had. So that's great. The self-talk thing, um, what really helps me, because I mean, also, like, I'm, I am my own worst critic. Like, a lot of people said, like, worse than your coaches and stuff like that. Um, and even, like, when your training partners are talking shit to you, like, I'm still meaner than they are to my own self. Um, but a lot of the times, like being a coach and like coaching the women and the kids and other adults, um, you, you kind of hear what you end up saying to those people. And a lot of the times I'm like, I should take a dose of my own medicine. Like I need to say these things to myself, not just to the people that I'm coaching because it's true for myself also. So usually I can take what it is that I'm saying to other people and then I'll go home and I'll say it to myself in the mirror. And that kind of helps promote like positive self-talk in myself. Yeah, that's a great practice. Um, Y'all, we've jumped around, talked about a lot of things. Let's, uh, if there's something you want to particularly say, then let's do, let's do that as we wrap up. But I also kind of want to close out with what did you do last year that you absolutely in your jiu-jitsu career, will not do again this year? Cut weight. Do big weight cuts. <laughs> Absolutely never again. Never again. I hear that. I hear that. I'm going to be fat and happy this year. I'm fine with it. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> All right. What about the rest of you? Oh, I've nothing, nothing in the last year that I'm like, nope, not doing that again. I, I, th I think I've, I've learned a lot of good lessons and I think I was pretty positive last year. So I, I think that's a good takeaway for once. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, 
the only thing I thought about when you said that was like, maybe I don't need to be playing so much with uh, like weight on my, on my hooks, on my extended hooks, like for my lower back. But that's the only thing I could think of. <laughs> like, like X guard stuff like that. But <laughs> no, I mean, I know uh, major like training mistakes or injuries or anything like that. Like, I feel like my training schedule was really consistent and good. And um, yeah, I mean, when you've been in the game for 15 years, you kind of get in a routine that's working for you and that kind of thing. You, you've, you've filtered out your training partners and you know who who are good rounds in the gym and, and that kind of thing. So I think I have a pretty good consistent um, training schedule and got some good goals this year. So yeah, I think I'm pretty focused. Awesome. Yeah. I, I got to work on stop being so nice. <laughs> well, <laughs> hang out with Destiny. She's straight to the point. <laughs> I got to oh, go visit yes. you, Destiny. Come on. I know. <laughs> no, no, I'm I in on the it. mats. Not my voice. Not my voice. Like, I, the, the speaking up, I got you. But the, the like, I literally just had, I, I was in um, El Paso two days ago. And it was just like, uh, it was one of those moments where I, I got in, I, I had a, a beautiful entry. I was so proud of it in that moment. I was like, Ooh, and then, and then I let something slip. Cause I let it, cause a piece of me was like, no, you can't be, you can't just do that immediately. Like you just met this person. It's a new gym you're visiting. And then later on, I was talking about it with their training partners, like stop being so nice. And I was like, gosh, darn it. I was telling me that all the time. My friends tell me all the time, like, apply that pressure you're little it's okay if you got a good entry it's okay just do it so my thing is working on stop being so nice it's like when people aren't so nice to me so to speak or like what i view is like what i would be not so nice like i'm still happy with them they're still friendly with me they're not being a dick or an asshole to me but what are we gonna say laura Oh, I was just going to say I don't really have any great ideas from last year either, at least not last year specifically. I, I will say that in seven years of training, I've been seriously injured two different times where I had to get surgery. So I'm like on a constant journey not to get injured, <laughs> just basically. But I was really lucky in 2021, so we'll keep it going. 2022. There you go. Anybody got anything else they want to throw out there? This is fabulous. If you're talking a blast. about this is great. nice, no matter if it's words or if it's actions that you're going to do on or off the mat, just remember, a lot of people are going to call you a bitch anyway, so you might as well give them a reason. <laughs> That's why I like her. Y'all, like um, this is great. Natasha, you were going to say something else? Uh, no, this is this was a lot of fun. Like I enjoyed my interview with you back when uh, in the summertime when I was in Netherlands. And we had internet stuff there too, so I think I just got to figure that out way before I come in. Um, That's but I enjoyed right. like meeting you guys all from afar and being able to do this and share experiences together. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's been fabulous. We've had the chance to hear each of your personal stories, and then we've had this combined time. So. I thank you all and um, wish you the best in your daily life and in your jiu-jitsu path. Thank you.
Find Stacked Keys Podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes, or anywhere you get your favorite podcast listen. You'll laugh out loud, you'll cry a little, you'll find yourself encouraged. Join us for casual conversation that leads itself based on where we take it, from family to philosophy to work to meal prep to beautifully surviving life. And hey, if I could ask a big favor of you, go to iTunes and give us a five rating. The more people who rate us, the more we get this podcast out there. Thanks. I appreciate it.